Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 68 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And it's been a while since we talked to him. Yeah, I think the last time we chatted, he was on the East Coast, of course, finishing up his season with the New York Mets. Now he's back on the West Coast, in the friendly confines of his brand new home, Trevor May. How is it? It's so great. I just finished my studio today, or uh, yesterday, sorry, just got uh, all my stuff from my other studio kind of moved in and generally off the floor so it's big uh, it's a big deal it's very more zen. it's way more zen in here than it was you know two days ago so great okay so what are you using it for obviously you do this podcast you have another podcast that you do yes, you do a lot of your will you do all your streaming in there as well all my streaming in here um we just said i i ordered a very an awesome uh l huge l desk that's going to be a all rise and, and for standing as well. Um, but now I have just like two, two old desks. My, my desk, my old studio was mounted to the wall. I don't know if I thought that was a good idea at the no. time. Uh, then, uh, it wasn't. So now I'm, I have, <laughs> uh, a standing desk. I got my wife last year. She's got like a whole built-in thing now downstairs in her office. So now we each have our own office. So I took her desk and built this little, I made this little L kind of thing. And we're going to put a desk on the other side within a whole other computer set up for her because um, she wants to do all kinds of stuff. We have a bunch of cool stuff like a charity plan, a charity stream planned where she's going to be part of the stream too and Love it. all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, if we can help out in any way, please let us know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm definitely going to hit you up on that because we got a lot of really cool stuff and we're going to add some more. Good. Um, you look much more at ease. Yes. You, what is it is it the smile give it an away <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's nice to relax a little bit is that just from the grind of a of any old season or is it the grind of being in new york uh it's both i mean who, who are we kidding like having a 60 game season the year before two like nobody had i you know it just I, fatigue was different this year um fatigue's always there it's something that we are um accustomed to but it hit a little bit harder this year and then you know uh there's just a general disappointment uh we're disappointed in our season and we were we were kind of riding high for a long time there and had a lot of opportunities to to kind of be in the position that the braves are in right now and uh we just didn't get the job done and that that doesn't help and and then doing that in new york is just add that on top so it's just yes it was it was more than usual but uh daunting to say the least but um moving forward i mean it's all uh it's all really valuable experience i get it you guys were in first place for more than 100 days yeah the braves actually didn't even take sole possession of first place till mid-august yep season then they they stepped on the accelerator they went nuts they pitched great their bullpen shored up their infield was awesome this year what in your opinion most went wrong for your team um, you know, I would say, <clears throat> I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say, you know, uh, uh, we had, we had a lot of injuries, right? They lost Acuna, but I'm going to be honest, frankly, other than that, like, and Soroka, you know, some big, big key pl places, yeah, those are like, big players, but, but that the ripples of that, uh, uh, didn't start to affect other guys. So like, there was no point where, you know, their their opening day lineup, like, you know, eight of the nine guys weren't in the lineup like that. They weren't there um, mm -hmm. at any point. And I feel like that's something we we dealt with that that was more glaring just because of uh, some guys uh, uh, not performing offensively as well as they mm -hmm. are normally do. So, like, I think that that the injuries would have been more manageable um, had, you know, if Conforto and, and Dom, for example, were having the year they had were having last year. Um, it would have been more more manageable having the, the but we were we were definitely scraping by for for a long time, um, and you know losing Jake Degrom will will absolutely you know take a lot from any rotation he's in right. So having that guy that's just like hey I, I'm throwing eight so you guys aren't gonna everyone but Suge is down today and I love those days I love coming and be like Jake bullpen's closed today see you see you tomorrow like I just joking around but I I was hundred percent serious at the same time. Um, you know, you lose Jake. That's a big deal. And, and I'm going to be honest. We had Tyler McGill came up and, and had a had a really great rookie campaign and then threw 60 innings more than he's ever thrown in his life. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Taiwan had his three years of kind of just not being able to get in innings limited up because of injuries this year. He stayed healthy the entire year and he faded and he would tell you, he's like, I faded down, down the stretch. Um, but this is going to be a growing pain in getting that, that, you know, throwing the two inning innings. If I want to 200 innings in a year, I want to do it. I have to do this first. Like it wasn't just going to happen probably. So like, that's what, like a lot of guys were doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, it didn't, it wasn't, we weren't, we just weren't primed to be clicking all cylinders there at the end of the year. Um, I know that sounds like excuses, but, but at the end of the day, like some things that, that, that weren't predictable, we're going to have to happen. We're going to have to have like a rookie come up and be like rookie of the year. Like we need one of those sparks. Mm -hmm. um, and we just didn't, I don't think we had it um, this year, but that said tons of experience, Tons of guys who are going to have this horrible taste in their mouth that have won every year before that. I'm talking about Lindor and me, myself, and and McCann. Like I, that last two months, I don't want to. I don't ever want to taste that taste again. That was like, if anything, anger will give me that extra energy. I think moving into the next year. But I think that a lot of guys uh, took a step forward in terms of workload and stuff. So that's that's my optimism going into the offseason as we start to add front office personnel and coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. Hey, we all want something out of life, and we want to help others in the process. I've got the perfect combination for you. It's called Charity Buzz. It's the premier online marketplace for cause. It's hosting a philanthropic trading card auction featuring highly coveted baseball, not to mention basketball cards as well. So all you have to do, head to cards.charitybuzz.com to explore the auction and bid on all the rare cards up for auction. That includes a Topps 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card with a PSA grade eight. I'm going to repeat that again. 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle rookie card with a PSA grade of eight. That is big time stuff, folks. Now, all the funds raised will actually benefit at-risk youth through the Inspiring Children Foundation auction. It'll be live on Thursday, October 28th. So if you're an avid card collector who also wants your money to go out to a good cause, this is the perfect place for you. And if you just recently got into the hobby, you're interested in current players, that's cool too. They've got Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani rookie cards as well. So once again, visit cards.charitybuzz.com. You can also follow them at Charity Buzz on all major social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. What did you learn most about new playing in New York? What did I learn most about playing in New York? I think that just what because the fan the fan base is a huge like it's just it, it is it is the 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 energy uh kind of uh uh the energy around the whole thing goes with them. So like if you go out and you show that you're willing to go all out for everything all the time. Uh, that's something they respond to very, very like they love that on um, that passion that they have, uh, whether it's negative or positive at the end of the day, like if you're someone who just like give, it was very evident that you gave everything, all you wanted it as much as they wanted it. Um, and it's clear because sometimes it's not clear. Uh, then that goes like, it goes a mile. Um, and they, they love it. Uh, and, and as entertainers, that's, that's our job. If, if so, like finding those times where you're like, reach down deeper, reach down deep. Um, right now, you're able to do that and, and get the job done just a couple more times. I think it goes a long way in New York. Uh, but they always say it. it it's hard to it's hard to see if you haven't been part of those teams yet. But they always say it like, yes, it's very hard to not be great here. But to be when you're good, it's there just isn't like it, you you turn into a boy band. Like that's what happens. Like they already call uh, Gary, Keith and Ron GKR. Like they're a Korean, you know, pop band. And, uh, <laughs> and if that says anything like the, 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 the heightened of fandom there, like you're they're, the pit of pedestal they're willing to put you on is way the hell up there. So if you, yeah. if you, if you really just like feed off that, just do everything you can to, to give them, give them some W's then. So that's that's what I'm taking in this offseason as motivation for next year. Were you surprised your manager was fired? Uh, no. Um, and I think that Louis is like an incredible person. Uh, he he genuinely like took our struggles. Anyone who was struggling personally or like he saw you going through something, he, he really took it. He was very he's an extremely empathetic person. He's there with you. And he was always out, you know, going out of his way to make sure you know, he's thinking about you or, or if you had something going on or whatever. Uh, and, and that 
I think that's invaluable as a, as a, you know, as a boss, but as, as a, as a person that you're, you know, in close proximity to daily. Um, but I think towards the end there, he was just like, yeah, I, you know, we didn't win as many games as we should have, um, the last two years. And he just knowing the nature of the market and the organization and how the turnover and it's just, there's not, there's no long leashes. It's just, we're not in a place where there's long leashes anywhere. Um, and, but I'm very, very encouraged by the fact that I think he, he's been offered an opportunity to barring getting another job somewhere mm-hmm. that, that everyone in the, and I was, I was so happy to hear that when they were like, Hey, you're probably not going to come back in the role you were in this year, but we would love to give you an opportunity to find another big league job somewhere else before giving you an opportunity to work in this organization again. Like that is, that's unheard very, of. very classy yeah. and, and, and very, very, uh, um, Awesome, really good for those guys because it's a shit, it's a crappy situation, and for them to have like here, here's here's options and opportunities if you can have them, that is a good place to be, and I, I like that. But uh, uh, I hope that Louis, I hope that I get to work with Louis moving forward, and I, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on, maybe not in a manager role, but in a, in a dugout somewhere else. Well, I think that eventually he'll be back in a manager's role. Um, I think he could be a guy like AJ Hinch, who people forget that. His first job was in Houston. His first job was in Arizona, where he came from the front office. He was in his mid-30s. Even he admitted, I was overwhelmed. Over my head, yeah. I mean, big time. And he took that, and people can say, what happened in Houston? We, we get all that. We understand. He was successful. He turned around, helped turn around. I would, I would say that, yeah, I would say that success is definitely something and, you would attribute with him now. And, uh, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if he does the same thing in Detroit, because I think, I think we've already good, seen. And I hope. I hope the same thing happens with, with Luis Rojas. 100%. With all that being said, this is the owner. This is Steve Cohen's first opportunity to put his stamp on a franchise, right? Mm. Sometimes what happens is they look in the dugout and they say, well, that didn't work. And Luis seemed like a really nice guy. And you mentioned he's empathetic. Well, we need a guy that's going to be a grinder now. Is that a mistake if they swing the pendulum the entirely different direction? I just think that like that, like that whole you know perception is just silly um because the whole grinder versus being a nice guy be- at the end of the day the best teams in the major leagues because we got guys who are who are quote unquote tough nose like uh you know tony la russa and we got dusty baker who's like old school but also like the nicest dude ever and then we got like the kevin cash is the world who are just buddies with everybody like and, and they're all successful in their own ways i think it comes down to having top to bottom if the pyramid were the organization philosophies that are then being carried out in a very, very efficient and, and highly communicated manner mm-hmm. from there all the way down into the dugout. And then the players are bought in as well. Like that is what the best teams do. So like, yes, uh, having a player's manager is like, Hey guys, no, we're not showing up till four tomorrow because travel suck tonight. Like having that feel that's very important, but it's not near as important as having a really, really uh, a strong organizational philosophy and then and then figuring out what that is both offensively and defensively and pitching and then and then sticking to it sticking to your guns and making micro adjustments as you need and i think that generally uh uh, we are transitioning in a couple of those things into uh finding out what that identity is and then getting getting the the guys on the field to fully buy in and 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 do it every day and and there were times where sometimes like it could have been done just a little bit better. I think I talked about, I don't think anyone would lie, would lie and say that, Oh, everything was great there. We just didn't get the job. Like that's not, you know, sometimes we just needed to, uh, uh, buy in as players, buy in a little bit more to the information we were giving given and, and, and thinking a little bit outside the box, how we can apply it to our game. Um, but I, I remember I was having tons of those conversations, especially with hitters. Pete Alonzo and I would sit and talk and I'd be like, here's how I approach hitters, man. Here's how I approach you. And he's like, Oh, I need to know that stuff about me too. Like, so maybe I should factor that into how I prepare. And then he went on a tear right after that. Cause he realized he was swinging at some reason. Boom. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking complete responsibility, but he, yeah. he realized that he was swinging at a pit. He he's one of those guys who thinks he can hit everything, which he can, but he doesn't need to, like, you don't need to hit every pitch in the right. zone. You need to hit the ones you hit hard. And he's like, Oh man, if I just foul that one off and then get that one in my zone again, I'm more likely to get it. And he, and he stuck with that for a while and he started to prepare in that way. Um, and, and then those conversations started happening rippling effect kind of everywhere. And guys were like, okay, I can get, 
I can, I know what to ask for. I don't need to just take what I'm given. And if it doesn't do anything for me, just be like, oh, because, you know, sometimes that happens. It's a, every day you're just like, man, I just wish I had something. I'm searching. I'm searching for something. Um, and, and it just doesn't happen. You just don't wake up one day and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. Like, it's a process. And it just happened to all happen. You know, we were, and then getting tired also add that in. It's just perfect storm. Um, complete this sentence for me. Mm. If Marcus Stroman does not come back to the Mets... Uh, I could answer that in many ways. He's going to go. Are we, am I supposed to say where he's predict where he's going to go? No. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for the team? Oh, no, we're not. We're not as good of a team without him. That's for sure. Um, without signing someone that is very similar to him. Uh, no, he had a great year. Uh, and he brings, he brings this, like, stop worrying about all the dumb stuff, like mindset in, um, I know how that comes off a certain way sometimes, but he just like doesn't. He's just like, I just don't have time for that dumb question. Like I just don't have time to think about that and worry about that. Sorry, all right, move on. Uh, he brings that a little bit, um, and he takes the ball, man. And he's extremely takes a lot of pride in the way he get, prepares and recovers for his starts. And he just he would he would be like, hey, if if he set a goal to pitch forty times in a year, he'd be like, I'm gonna find a way to do it. That sounds great. Like that's just the way he is, and that's extremely valuable. He's going to be successful wherever he is, if it's not, even if it's not with us. I, I I really hope that the opportunity arises to have him and Jake for a for a for 162 games because uh, in a playoff series, I mean, I just I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there's many duos right that I would rather have in a big big games than those two. And. We talked about it at the beginning that New York's a different place. It is. I mean, he's from there. He understands the heartbeat of it. He eats it up. He loves the spotlight, meaning he shines brightest when it's on. He doesn't shy away from saying what's on his mind. I I mean, I know that, you know, the numbers have to work on both sides. I get all that stuff. But I think the Mets are ridiculous if they don't. And I know they have to work on the offense, too. Make a concerted effort, at least. I, I think to. there has to be a... Because I, I just went through free agency. I get it. Like, sometimes you're just... No matter how hard you try, there's just another organization more primed to make a make that person's career. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and and and... You know, and you don't have the ability to do that. If that happens, that happens. But I really hope that, that it, it, it is a priority to get him back. Hey, gang, are you like me? Well, at least kind of like me. You like free stuff, don't you? Well, our friends at Dugout Mugs want to give away stuff throughout the entire playoffs. All you have to do is get your dugout mug. Something like this. I love the way it's engraved, by the way. Out of a baseball bat, that is the neatest stuff. Take a drink like this. Slam it down. Take a video, take a picture of yourself doing it, tag dugout mugs on social media. You're going to be entered to win free stuff. You might be saying to yourself, well, Chris, I don't have anything yet. Aha, dugout mugs is here to give you a great discount throughout the entire postseason. They're letting you get the free knob shot, which is my little favorite. Look at this thing. Uh, I love it. It's even got the Cleveland C on it as well. All you have to do, go to dugoutmugs.com, keyword rotation, dugoutmugs.com, Keyword rotation, this baby is free. All you have to pay for is the $8.95 of shipping and handling. They've got an awesome collection, right? They've got the classic. They've got the wine. Once again, they're all engraved. They've got the bottle opener, you know, in case you want a little brewski to put in there. And they got the knob shot as well. So they're going to be hanging out with us the entire playoffs. Once again, it's dugoutmugs.com slash rotation to get your free knob shot today. Cheers. The goal is to get to the playoffs next year and eventually to get to where all these teams are in the LCSs. Even though you played this year in the National League, you are going to break down the ALCS because you spent the first six seasons of your big league career facing teams like the Red Sox and the Astros. You've faced a lot of these batters, a ton. Um, Which offense, because they're two of the top offenses in baseball, which offense in your opinion is tougher to navigate through 
The Astros, the Red Sox. I would say the Astros. Um, and that's simply because of strikeouts. Um, ability to swing and miss. Uh, I need to get three guys out. Um, they're going to get their hits. They're, they had what? I don't know what they had. Eight guys hit over 300. So, like, they have lots of... <laughs> They have lots of good hitters, guys who don't, and then guys who put the ball in play. And for me personally, that's just not something that I'm, I need to have the, the guy who's a homer threat, but prop my, uh, has holes that I can hit somewhere in there. And they don't have that mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, for example, different than like the Braves, right? The Braves are dangerous also in a different way. So um, yeah, I would definitely say the Astros. Not that the Red Sox like are a crazy swing and miss team. They just have a few guys that me personally, I match up fairly well and they're spaced out through the lineup that uh, that it's a little bit of a if you're a power guy or a guy that goes for strikeouts, a little bit of a of a less daunting lineup to navigate. Well, you know, you haven't faced the Astros. I think we saw since 2018, but there's a lot of veterans in that lineup. I mean, yes, Tucker's new, but other than that, for the most part, you, you faced a lot of these guys. I mean, you saw Michael Brantley a ton when you were both in the central there. Who is the toughest guy to get out in that? Toughest lineup? guy to get out for me. Who, who's the, the, who's the toughest guy to face and why? I'm going to give you a couple. Altuve is a nightmare because he's a bad ball hitter. He can hit the ball over his head and the elevating on him. Isn't good. It's getting the ball down and away is better. And it's hard because he's not very big. So it's like, it's like throwing a, Throwing through a eye of a needle, it sucks. Um, and he just he has the he, something about him. Just like when you really need him to get out, he doesn't. He's just the guy who's just like he's. Just, it's it's the hey, oh second or third. I'm working out of this inning. Altuve's up. I'm almost out of it. Two strikes on him, and then he dunks one in the right and get scores through. And you're just like that. And I think I've gotten him out once. I think he's faced me six times. Even I remember the fifth time I faced him, he popped it up to second. I was like, got it. And we dropped it. He was on. I was like, he's like, it's just, maybe he's just lucky too, but he was four for four. And then he, uh, then he popped one up finally. And he still, he still got on base, uh, Altuve, but then Brantley is a different kind of tough to face. I'm not as worried about bop with Brantley. It's more of like a, it's very Joe Mauer. Like, cool 11 pitch at bat just to get a 13 hopper at the middle. And now he's on right. Or walk him or something. And, uh, and he's just not going to chase or like you 12 pitch at bat and you like kind of back up a curveball two two. And it's like kind of a way and it's just below zone. He just like kind of awkwardly waves at it. I'm like, you couldn't have done that any other time, but it's just like the, he's so locked in what he's doing. When you throw him something random on accident, he looks dumb. Sometimes Soto does every once in a while too. You'll just hang something and he'll be like, you know, uh, so he's, yes, that pitch, that pitch right there. That's not where that was supposed to be. So, uh, that's the only time you can get him. And, but for the most part, like he's just going to fight you. And then you add in guys like Bregman, Correa and, and Alvarez and Tucker, who are all like, now that those two are on base, you're like, great. <laughs> Do you think that Carlos Correa thrives on being the heel? Yes. Well, I, you know, you're familiar with the Carlos Correa story. It's kind of been his whole life, man. Like just being not the heel, but like, you know, a little bit of the chip, a little bit of the, I'm just going to out like whatever people think I can't do. I'm just going to like work 10,000 times harder. And then yeah, but this I'll is eventually different. Get, get in. This okay. is different. He was like the face of the scandal. And he went, you know, in spring he, training a couple of years ago when Cody Bellinger was like, those motherfuckers stole our rings. And he's yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. He wasn't like, hey, listen, we're sorry. He was like, yo, shut up. So yeah. he like doubled and tripled down. Yeah, and- I'm going to be honest. So that happened. I was like, dude, I, this isn't one of those times. And I think that's just kind of like. Again, that's just like his strategy, like with that, with the team, they were on, they were bad. Like, don't count us out. Don't count us out. And, and it, but it wasn't a, you were being it wasn't a counter you out situation that time. It was more of a like, hey you're kind of in the, you're in the wrong here like you guys were in the wrong like i'm not saying just take it and i'm not saying that you don't have to rebut but you don't have to double in like we're going to show you like show us show what like I, I don't know it was just weird at that time but again i don't know him personally either that i've never i've never had a conversation i try not i try to withhold uh 
too much uh you know like judgment for, mm-hmm. for that stuff but that i remember watching it like i hate it when people say this to me on the twitter but in this case it matters hey, read the room a little bit like you guys you did you messed up you messed up and it snowballed and it was a it's a really shit situation and we kind of just want to move on we want to get past it too because we're tired of saying how we feel about it as well i can imagine what it's like for you so maybe maybe just i don't know but with all that being said he loves it (laughs) i had austin hedges the catcher for cleveland on uh to do a preview show and i said do you think most baseball players are rooting against the astros and he goes wow that's a great question what do you think Yeah, I, I would say yes. And, and I'm going to be honest, this is coming from my, my perspective. I was rooting for the Rays and the Brewers because I love it when teams win for the first time. Like I wanted a team that had never won a World Series to win it. I get all that. Yeah. This so that was a different that was, thing. That, but that was rooting against a team because of something in particular. That said, on the bottom of that list was the Astros. And also, they've, they've won fairly recently. And also, I have different allegiances to like weird like i have a weird like i I weirdly like the red sox just because my grandfather was like a Mm. weird red sox fan and and then you know i was i was 13 when they broke the curse so that was super cool i was always the under i'm a mariners i grew up liking the mariners right right so i was like yeah and we hate we hated the yankees growing up so i was like the red sox are their nemesis and they haven't won a world series so it'd be great to see them win one and then now they've won four and it's changed a little bit since then but <laughs> at that time i have this weird like i still am like i love playing in thin i love playing against the red sox i'm always kind of comfortable and i it's no matter how good they are and it's always fun and it's just like a different field just because of how i grown up grew up so um I tend to like lean for those reasons. And then you add in the fact that like, and, and, and they got me once in during that era uh, too. And that, that doesn't make me happy um, mm-hmm. now, not verified, obviously, but it makes you wonder. You're just like, man, I would really, if that's what was happening that day, really would like those four runs back. That'd be, that'd be nice. Uh, that would be helpful. Um, but you know, hit rest is history. Like, so I, I think that in general, you wouldn't it wouldn't be a stretch to say that there's a there's a lot of baseball players who are like would quote unquote prefer another maybe another team to win it well said hey gang look nobody's perfect people strike out with the bases loaded we saw people missing short putts in the Ryder cup sometimes you come up a little short and it happens in the bedroom as well but our friends at get roman want to help you so go to getroman.com slash john boy now With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for all forms of EED. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional is going to work with you, sit down. If medication is required, it gets sent free with two-day shipping to your home. So the great part about this, no doctor's office visits. You don't have to stand in line at the pharmacy. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. So getting started is really simple getroman.com slash John Poy and complete an online visit. Take care of your form of ED today. It's getroman.com slash John Boy now and you get 15 bucks off your first month. Once again, that is getroman.com slash John Boy. If medication is required, two-day free shipping. Get started now and save 15 bucks on your first month. You haven't pitched in Houston since the whole report came out. The next time you go there, will you be a little leery of the situation or will you say, okay, well, I think hopefully the sport has cleaned things up. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'd be like, hopefully the, the, the sport has cleaned things up a little bit or that, you know, that we're back to doing the picking up tips and right. uh, tips off guys and trying to get grab signs from second and doing it the good old fashioned, you know, get a little bit of an advantage because the guy's giving you something situation. Um, that's a little more fun, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you know, it's, I lived through it. It'll probably always be there a little bit, but you know, I was, I, it, as for worried about it, I don't have any, I can't do anything if it's happening or if it isn't anyways. So it's like, you still got to go and just get as creative and whatever, as you feel you need to get and play. So like, 
even if they if that is happening and they're doing it exactly the way to do it, I'm gonna go out with like a hundred the weirdest sign sets you've ever seen, and it's gonna be fine any either way. I have control to an extent, so maybe we'll just do that and then it won't matter. So, but uh, it is definitely like over the last couple of years, it's definitely like not become a so it's not something I'm thinking about anymore. Like I faced them a bunch of spring, I wasn't even thinking about it. Let's just go get those guys out. Uh, Tapera, the reliever for the White Sox, did come out and say. After game three in Chicago, he said, well, look at the swings they were taking today compared to the ones down in Houston, and I wouldn't put anything past them. Did you think that that was an unfair statement without facts to back it up necessarily? As a little jab. as a little jab. I, You know, myself being a bullpen guy, mm-hmm. I know that we just sit there and just like, hey, this happened. Man, that was weird. When I was pitching that, that this thing happened. Like, he swung at this pitch, and no one swung at this pitch like that all year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it snowballs. And you're just in a tight quarters and you're just like, yeah, well, yeah, well. And then you guys are all like, oh, we're convinced it's happening again. Like, that's that's how it works. And he was fired up. He wanted to, like, fired up about the game. He had a little bit of success today, feeling good. Um, and so it, it can't, it's frustration at the – still frustrated about 17. And, again, like, in terms of punishment, man. Just, well, there wasn't uh, any. There that's wasn't any. And, and, and so, like, our, the only way to do it is just, like, not uh, let them forget that they did it. Right. Like, that's like our way of like, I, I guess, policing it. Um, and so not letting it slide still this far and just kind of alluding to something. is a little bit of a jab like, hey, we remember, even if there's nothing to back it up and it probably wasn't. It's still like, I don't know, it, well, competition, man. People just get fired up and they they, they do it. And I think that's what it was. Uh, Robbie, we're going to continue to break down the ALCS, but our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco, if you can just see if there's any new news on Lance McCullers when we talk, uh, talk to Trevor about him shortly. Um, Boston Red Sox lineup. You face J.D. Martinez the most out of either of these two teams. Is he the, the difference maker that everybody talks about? And if so, why? That's Devers, actually. What? Devers is probably the difference maker. Really? In the lineup. Um, so you make... You make, or at least, okay, so I'll talk from my, my point. You, you, we, we pick guys, we're like, these guys, we can't let them beat us. And we got to take our chances with X, the other guys. Uh, I, I feel like Rafi, because he's such a good bat-to-ball um, hitter, and he's so good at producing runs. Now, now JD's very good at producing runs as well. JD's holes are a little bigger than Rafi's. Um, in his, in, like, you can get swings and misses inside of the strike zone. It's very hard with with Devers. You got to get him to chase. Now he will because he's young and he's very excited to hit, and he has the biggest chawing you've ever seen. Uh, I love that he <laughs> chews it; it's just out of his mouth. And he's, um, I'm a big fan of watching him play too. He just looks like a little kid um, out there playing. But he is one of the better bat to ball skills. I'd say he's a top five bat to ball guy in the league. And uh, um, as he continues to get even tighten up close more and more and more in the zone, which he will. He's going to be like, he's really good now. He's batting title. Good. Uh, one of these years, he will win a bite of title. That's my, wow, that's my, he's that good, huh? He's that good. Um, and not only is he that good, he hits, he hits the things he hits extremely hard and extremely like predictably, like regularly, like that pitch. If you miss there, he's going to hit it. Like you're not going to get away with it. Probably like there's no swing and miss. He's not going to swing and miss. So, um, but JD, JD again, he's a run producer. He's a guy I faced a lot in Detroit too. So, um, he, but he's a big mistakes. So, like if you make a mistake, he, his whole his whole and he'll tell you this too. His whole thing is to be on time for for where he knows he can hit the ball hard. He's not so worried about like changing his swing in order to hit stuff that he doesn't generally hit unless he's in where he needs to foul it off. Very Miggy Cabrera esque. Miggy Miggy's like, oh, heater up and away, and you know, cutting. I can't hit that hard ballot off. All right. See if you can do it again. Ballot off. Okay. See that, that, that school of thought. He was on that team with those guys. He's very much like that. So he extends at bats and then tell you make that mistake. And then he, and then he takes it off the monster over it. And you're like, dang it. That's a professional hitter right there. But I'm, but I'm talking about in terms of like back to ball. doesn't matter where you throw it over my head in the, in the dirt. I might still make something happen. Yeah, I, I would rather face JD over Rafi. Anytime. Fascinating. Wow, it's really, really interesting. Um, so the pitching staffs. Let's start with Boston. I mean, everybody's a believer in Nate Avaldi, certainly what he does in the postseason. 
we all remember 2018 and then lit it up against the Yankees in the wild card and, you know, continued to pitch well against Tampa Bay. Uh, Tanner Houck looks awesome. They're still awesome. right-handed. Yeah. So is Sale is Sale the key? Like, does he have to get back to Chris Sale in order for them to win this series? Yeah, I think that uh, if he doesn't, then uh, Erod will have to step up in a big way, which he he pitched really well his last outing. Mm-hmm. He's thrown much better in the second half too. Um, you can tell he's locking in his changeup, and he's got a little bit of velo too um, here at the end of the year, which is great. Uh, and so if it turns out like, you know, sale has to do one of these like two, three inning guys, and then Erod comes in after or, or vice versa, or they save him for the fourth game. Um, I think that there's like, I think he'll have room for that in a seven game series. Um, you know, if Evaldi takes care of a business there at the beginning. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But I think that, I mean, if he is Chris sale of old, then it's, 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 chalk it right but he's you know he's coming back from Tommy John fairly quickly he's he's thrown us you know an, a ton of innings up to this point and also it's going to take him a little bit to get to like reaching back for 97 98 um but well, uh let me stop you there how difficult is that when you're 10 starts back you know I think the most he's gone right. is five or six and we only saw him throw one inning in that game two mm-hmm. down in Tampa so how tough is that? You've come back from Tommy John. Tough. I literally, because I couldn't get it fast enough to, in order to get myself a spot in the major leagues again, I literally moved myself to the bullpen. <laughs> like, that's why I'm here right now doing this, uh, because I made that decision. Because it was like, if I try to, try to ha- I don't have time to get back like that. So is it possible that his spot is better in the bullpen during this series? Possibly. Than a- Possibly. And, and. <laughs> I know that he's done that before. He's right. bum gardenered it and come in for three innings, four innings, and that could be something. I, I mean, I, I still say start him for the next cup, like at least get him his next one, see how that goes, and then maybe make an executive decision and and, and do like a bullpen opener raise situation where he comes in for three in the second or the second guy out of the pen to get maybe another couple guys through the lineup or whatever. Play it like that. You might need to because but he's, he couldn't be a guy. Let's say that you put his as a bullpen piece and use several times in a series, let's say it were to go seven games. Oh, your battery just exhausted. Oh no, no way. Oh, hold on. I have a backup. This is a, this is fantastic. Whoa. No signal cables. We have to check if the cables are properly and securely connected. You ready for this? We're about, you're about to get completely juked here. Oh my God. Okay. Video. Trevor may who's got the best setup ever of it. Whoa. So now, <laughs> now what, what what did you just do? I have a backup camera. I just installed it yesterday. So now we're talking to you this way. Yeah, but um, I feel like I just got rid of my high def and went back to standard def. You did. Uh this is this is this is a webcam now. <laughs> and not only that, you get a little bit of the little bit of the window, so the lighting's all messed up. I haven't calibrated it well, but it is a video camera. Let's turn this off so it can they can heal or whatever that eel charge um <laughs> but uh I, I would say it, it would be tough to do that right out of the gate um just be like hey now you're a or seventh inning guy or something um and he still can give you length and that's so valuable in the bull in the in the in the playoffs because you have such short leases for your starters so i would say stick to the plan now but if you needed to do that in a situation where he's coming into like he's going to be the second guy out he's going to be that starter Mm-hmm. He would probably be the first in line for them to make that decision, if Got that it. makes sense. Because no, he's just totally not going to throw. He's not going to throw a shutout. Like he's not going to throw nine innings. He's not going to be having an eight inning gem. He's just it, he's not there yet. Now next year, you know, going. I'm sure day one he's going to try to be be that guy again. But right now, he I don't just don't think he's in that position yet. Okay, uh, Robbie Shiraka, why don't you pop on the screen? This is our uh, producer editor extraordinaire. Uh, let's see you. Where hey. are you? All right, so you have some you have some news. Yeah, John Heyman just tweeted out about 15 minutes ago that there's great concern for McCullers in the short term, and he's most likely out of the ALCS. Ooh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. So he pitched game four in Chicago mm. and short went rest, in right? four innings. 
Was he um, on three days? Was he? No, no, they got rained out, so he was on regular. Yeah, but he was, he was on throw. regular rest. Okay. But remember, he is a former Tommy John guy yeah. as well. Uh, throws a ton of sliders, right? Thank you, Rob Scirocco, reporting from the Scirocco newsroom. Absolutely. Uh, this is this could be devastating news for Houston. Yeah, I'd say because he's the game one guy. That's uh, it's not ideal. Um, do we have information on exactly what's? So it's a four. He left with a forearm issue. So flexors probably. That's most of the time. Um, And that's sometimes an indicator of elbow fatigue, which I'm sure is happening. Right. Uh, And so other things take over to protect your elbow. And I'm not, of course, I'm speculating. I don't want to speculate, but, but it's just a guy who's been through Tommy John. So, you know, what guys it's just, it's common. It's actually nothing to be even like afraid about. It's just like eventually you know, I rehab for 16 months and my back, my shoulder. I remember I came off the DL six days into coming off the DL. I went back on because my shoulder was like, I had shoulder tendonitis. And I was like, what is happening? I was so mad. So what happened? Like your arms just like, hey, bro, you need to stop throwing for just a couple days. We've been throwing for 16 straight months. And I was like, oh, and then three days later, I was fine. And we got back. Uh, so some of the, it's just horrible timing. But without him, man, uh, you go to you go to Valdez. Yeah, and then you go, you go to, to Frimer and then Garcia, and then you have to put Granky definitely in the rotation. 100%. And then you probably go a bullpen game. The bullpen game started by, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Javier. I could see that. He's the long, he's the, he's the two plus guy. Uh, and, and, and don't forget about Urquidy. Oh, Urquidy. I didn't even know. I thought he was hurt. I'm going to, frankly. Yeah. I, no, I didn't no, know. That's a, th- th- he's a huge piece for them. Yes. He's a huge piece, but you're talking about, you know, you're not just losing a guy who can give you length in Lance McCullers. You're giving a, you're losing a guy who has been dominant. A guy in the playoffs. The guy. He's actually the guy. Uh, Yeah. Right. Not a, he's the, he's the guy right now. And uh, losing him for the whole series is going to be huge. So capitalizing on that for the Red Sox, just like getting the guys with not as much experience. um, But they, they got a pretty tight ship over there in Houston. Like, and we saw it last year through a bunch of rookies at us and they just guys were not phased. There was not no free bases, no nothing. They were going right after us. They were making us make stuff happen. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of their ethos. That's how they run things over there. And, and so I, the next guy in line, I'm sure is going to attack the same way, but you would much rather have your, you know, your most talented guy out there for sure. Rob, because you were so smart and you just put it up in the chat, go ahead, pop back on the screen. I want you to get some more airtime. And this is going to, I mean, your wife's going to be jealous because the ladies are just going to be writing in saying, who is that? Who is that? I think so. Yeah, I did do my hair this this morning. Yeah. Who's the guy you suggested? <laughs> oh, Jake Odorizzi, Rose Rotation guest with Trevor May. J- Jake Odorizzi. What, yeah. is, is he out in the bullpen right now or they can? He was not on the roster. So they, but they can add somebody. If oh yeah, on. you can add. Yeah. you can add and subtract every round. Oh yeah, the series hasn't even started. Now the thing I worry about a little bit with Jake <laughs> is that um, there seemed to be a communication issue between himself and the team. Whether it was, you know, remember he had the delayed start because he signed late, and then in the middle of the year you saw the frustration. He didn't pitch up to his standards at all. I'm curious where he'll, where his head's at for with all that. And you know him really well. He's a former teammate. Oh, he'll be he'll be ready to go. Uh, I I, you know, yeah. There was is, you never want to start a season like that because it's hard to get your feet on, especially when it's a new team. Um, and, and kind of where your role is, figuring out, figure, knowing what your role is on a team is so like so important for you know clarity of mind and how clear you can have your your the, your process and you know you know like you can project what's gonna what you're gonna be doing. Um, and that that goes a long way. So just to kind of jump on into a into a series that you kind of were weren't expecting to be in at the beginning could be hard. But he's a starter. They're very routine oriented. He might have enough time here to get to get like his mind wrapped around it and 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 ready to go. And probably won't be expected to again. He's not going to throw seven shutout unless he's absolutely cruising with throwing nine pitch innings. Right? There's like. Probably so. The expectation for him to like cover all his innings and stuff isn't super high. Um, and like you said, they got Arcady and him and uh, guys who can give a little bit and Javier who can give a little bit of length and you can piece together something. If you need to go four rays, they have the personnel to do it. Okay. 
With all this being said, who's your winner? Who's representing the American League in the World Series? Ah, that's. I would say, if, if it were uh, if there were a hundred votes in my head, fifty-one would probably go to Houston, just because of the type of lineup they have. That there's times where it doesn't matter who's pitching, and uh, and they've they've been doing that really consistently, and all their guys are healthy, and um, I believe. And they have the better record, so they have home field advantage. Yes, they and they, do. you know, they obviously play play really well at home. And and with that, with that ballpark and the way their lineups put together, it's it's very advantageous for um for them. It's they're not a fun team to play there. But all of that said, 2018, that same thing happened, and Boston did it anyway. So who knows? I thought I thought I thought Tampa was going to do it do it this year, at least get back to the series. And to be honest, they kind of just got handled like. It wasn't really that. I mean, they, it was. I thought it was 100% going to five and going to go to extras in the fifth, and it didn't. And and so they're hot, and you know how the Red Sox are when they're hot. Who knows? Mm. So, but I would say I would say 51 49. Okay. Anything interesting on your desk? What are, are those bills over your shoulder? This is what I call my oh shit pile. Okay. Um, and they all have one of those. There is a lot that I need to tackle here, which I was waiting to get this studio waiting to get the studio done but in reality i was just putting it off uh and that's that's happening you know through this weekend so okay what else i got tissues because i'm i came home and i just have a horrible cold yeah i read that and uh allergies at the same time very dry air here what else fan mail probably should catch up on that people have asked me hey i sent you cards uh you know 15 months ago can i have those back it was like sure i'll get to that i'm sure but yeah other than that no it's just a bunch of crap are you That's and crap. Kate doing any traveling? Uh, Kate is going to Mexico next month. I was invited until every other husband uh, backed out but me. So I wasn't going to be the fifth wheel. So I was just like, she's like, you don't have to go. If you don't want. I was like, well, it's Mexico. She's like, yeah, but no one. I'm like, all right, you just go have a girl's trip. So as of right now, I am not I am not booked for any travel. But I'm going to be honest, traveling after night games all season was uh, enough. For me, I had enough, enough, uh, um, enough red eye flights to San Francisco to play that night that, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good for a while. If I never if I don't go to an airport for for a couple months, I understand it to get you out of here with the wheel of moderately interesting things. Uh, hopefully you land on something that you have not landed on before. And if you do, we're going to spin it again or I'll cool. just figure out a topic. All right. I don't know if we've done this with you. Only fans? Sounds familiar. What is it again? Not what you think. It's I know it's not what... You dirty dog, you. It's the team you were most... You know, you root for most passionately. I think I did do that one. Yeah, we did do that one. We did. Okay, good. So we're going to move to the... See how neat that was? I just moved it one. You're in trouble. Okay, yeah. Right. Oh, we haven't done that one. The most trouble you got in with your parents as a kid. Ooh, most trouble I got in my with my parents. Um, two things. When I was six, my brother was twelve, and he tricked me into swearing in front of my parents. Um, I'm just <laughs> dropping an f bomb. I had no like I had no clue what it meant, and uh, he just he tricked it tricked me into it just at dinner. They're like, I was like, oh no. How did he trick you? Uh. He he convinced me that it meant something. I can't even remember what it was. We, he I need him to tell the story again. But he convinced me it meant something else, like it was like some casual word, and I wanted to show it show off that I knew it because it was like you know I was like learning. I was just first year in school and stuff, so I was like super excited every time I learned something new. And I told my parents, so that's how it happened. But the biggest time was in high school. Um, in high school, I went to a party when I was a junior, and I was it was basketball season, and the whole basketball team was there, and we. That party got busted. Every party got busted. We were idiots. Like everyone was. Uh, it's so funny. This house was like a block from the high school. <laughs> and so like all the teachers lived around there. And they're like, hey, we know that there's a thousand cars out front of the house. We know. We know what you're doing. And so it got busted. We went home. It was fine. And but the parents didn't know. Like they were just like, go home, please. Guys, don't. So we went home. And then uh, it became apparent at basketball practice on Monday. They're like that our basketball coach knew. 
And he's like, guys, your parents are going to find out like today, like, or at the game, hundred percent. When they're all there, they're all going to talk to each other. They're going to, they're going to know. So you want to, might want to tell them. So I had to go home and be like, mom, dad, I went to a party on Saturday. It got busted. We had to go. I, I walked home. It's okay. No problem. And uh, my dad's like, you're grounded for three days. Like next this weekend, my mom's like, no, two weeks. Oh. It, was a, it was the first time I ever got grounded. Like really. And I like did homework every night for four hours and, and like went to basketball practice. That's all I did. I never went anywhere. So uh, that Sunday, that next Sunday, my mom was like, okay, you can be ungrounded. That's the worst thing that ever happened. But uh, I'll never forget our basketball coach looking like, looking at us like, you guys really thought you were going to get away with this? Like everyone knows, just go tell your parents, please. So it's not a thing. So everyone went home and had to like, we got caught having a party at 1045 at night. So like it barely even happened. Like the party was 45 minutes old. (laughs) No one even had time Uh, to do anything like that. They weren't supposed to really. So it was, it was, it was uh, funny, but yeah, we were pretty, we were pretty prude when we were young. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's not bad. That's a typical, typical, normal teenager thing. Not I didn't go in the drunk tank. As... My sister had to do that. She actually spent a night in jail when she was at six, in 17 tank? in the tank. My parents, she got called two in the morning. Hey, your, your, uh, your daughter's in the local jail. There was a party. There's like six, six or seven of her and a classmates here. Okay. My dad's like, all right, I'll be there at eight. She let her stay stay the night. He let your sister Our, stay? My oldest sister. Yeah. Let her stay, oh. which was so funny. Guess what? That was not a problem anymore. I imagine. Mm-mm. I imagine. So I was lucky that I was the fourth kid. So they tried all that stuff on everybody else. And I learned. Yeah. You're taking notes. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right, dude. Great catching up. Great catching up. Appreciate it. Well, uh, in the off season, we're only doing this uh, once a week instead of twice. So, okay. you know, maybe six weeks or so we'll check in with you. Cool. Let me know. On. Anything, uh, anything, any special episode, anything you need me for, man, let me know. I got lots of time right now. I appreciate it. We're trying to get multiple guys for a World Series preview. I think that would be fun. I am doing, I'm doing, I'm doing something with him. We'll be on that. And I'm going to do a watch party for one of the games too. So I'm going to try to get it all, all, all planned out. Are you doing your own watch party? Yes. I try. We did one for the first game of the LDS between the Brewers and the Braves. Yeah. You know, we do that over at John Boy. I'm going up for the World Series. That's what I've heard. I'm trying to find, I'm actually, I'm learning a lot from you guys to make it interesting. It's hard when you're the only person watching. Yes. Because now I'm realizing, why do color guys and commentary guys are together? It's because you got to have a conversation because you can't just sit there and make stuff up your whole time. Unless you're Vince Scully. Unless you're Vince Scully and you're just telling telling stories. But you got to have insane experience to do that well. Yeah. But the nice thing was I did have a chat. So they were, they were feeding me. They were like hitting me questions. Like, how would you handle the situation and um so and it was just it was more of like a community thing too so like it didn't it wasn't for the content either i wasn't going to do anything with it i just wanted to be live and give people an opportunity to so but we, i'd made a little powerpoint we broke down i spelled corbin burns last name wrong i spelled there was like five spelling errors in a three slide thing <laughs> and basically all my keys to the game happened the way oh. that, that it happened and the game ended like i predicted it it felt it was like really cool i felt like tony roma i will <laughs> Minus the 19 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe my career. We have the but... same, we have the same agent. Needless to say, I'm not paying the same commission. Same percentage, no. just not the same dollars. No, uh, yeah. Well, my agent has Mookie bets. So oh. <laughs> and Jake DeGrom. So needless to say, I said, hey, I'm not paying you anymore. You make plenty. I was gonna say, lower my percentage. You're getting it didn't work from those two. It didn't work. Still don't. All right, my man. Thanks as always. Good catching Absolutely. up. Enjoy Absolutely. the rest of the postseason. Thanks so much for the insight on uh, Boston versus Houston in the ALCS. And thanks Absolutely. to everybody for watching and consuming the product here on John Boy Media. This is the Chris Rose rotation. Special shout out to Robbie Shiraco who got a lot of FaceTime for Trevor May. I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time.